Tashi Deleg and welcome to Tibet this week, a weekly news edition on Tibet, His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Central Tibetan Administration. Let's have a look at today's headlines. His Holiness the Dalai Lama congratulates Mike Johnson, Speaker of U.S. House of Representatives. His Holiness the Dalai Lama attends long life offering ceremony in Dharamshala. Chinese police beats former Tibetan political prisoner. Darla County Police issues notice soliciting information, detained Tibetans. Sikyong Pimpat Sering speaks on why Tibet matters at UMass. Geneva Forum 2023 commences to discuss decline of human rights in regions under China. Speaker and officiating Sikyong attend 63rd founding anniversary of Tibetan Children's Village. Tokyo witnesses release of reports on His Holiness the Dalai Lama's reincarnations issue and Chinese colonial boarding schools. Nagpur holds Tibet awareness meetings and exhibitions. Following the election of Representative Mike Johnson as Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, His Holiness the Dalai Lama has written to him to offer his congratulations. His Holiness, in his letter, expressed appreciation for the broad-based bipartisan support the United States has extended to the distinctive culture, language and traditions of the Tibetan people and wished the Speaker Johnson every success in his efforts to fulfill the hopes and aspirations of the American people and in contributing to a happier, more peaceful world. On Wednesday this week, His Holiness the Dalai Lama graced a long-life prayer ceremony offered by students, staff and former students of the Institute of Buddhist Dialectics, Seraje Hardong Kangze, Tibetan Chambers of Commerce, and Lanyam Pinsum, Hazedong, Nyarimzong and Pinsolingzong at the main temple in Taramshala. According to a news report from Tibet Watch, former Tibetan political prisoner and language rights activist Tashi Wangchuk was detained and beaten by Chinese police personnel on 17 October after he posted a video of government staff refusing his request for business license registration in Yushu City. He was later arrested by the Urban Management and Law Enforcement Bureau and handed over to the Yushu City Public Security Bureau where he was kept under detention for three days and subjected to interrogation. It has been reported in the Tibet Watch website that the head of the Yushu Public Security Bureau and the vice mayor Tri Husai had brutally beaten him. Tashi's shop was also forcibly shut down. Tibet Watch mentioned that Earning a livelihood remains increasingly difficult for former political prisoners who are also deprived of their political rights. Even after their release from prison, they are subjected to constant surveillance and harassment by security officials. Tashi Wangchu is a herder-turned shopkeeper who came to international prominence in late 2015 after appearing in the New York Times article and documentary about his solo advocacy to file a lawsuit against local authorities after local Tibetan classes were shut down. In another news reported from Tibet Watch, Darla County Police arbitrarily detained eight Tibetans on 20 October. 
It is being reported that a source with knowledge of the detention explained Tibet Watch that the allegation was put against them for collecting donations for religious offerings. The report mentioned the county police also issued a notice on the same day on their social media account, urging local Tibetans to actively report on clues related to the group of detainees, adding that they will be highly rewarded in accordance with its relevant regulation. Whilst warning others withholding such information secret with severe punishment. On Monday this week, Sikyong Pembat Siring addressed the students of University of Massachusetts, Amherst and the Faculty of the Resistant Studies and College of Education on the topic, Why Tibet Matters. Among the guest attendees were Kobe Garner-Levine, Regional Manager, Congressman Jim McGovern, Director of Governor Morati Haley, and Lieutenant Governor Discalls Western Mass Office, Springfield. Sikyong underscored the profound geostrategic significance of Tibet and the Tibetan Plateau while also outlining his administration's political approach, engaging like-minded governments to reinforce Tibet's historical independent status and dismantling the false narratives propagated by the PRC. Now what they're saying is, Xi'an means only Tibet autonomous region. That's not true. That's also a false narration of their own history of their own narrative, earlier narrative. So they, what they mean to say is Shizang does not include common Amdo. But these are all traditional areas of Tibet. The 1984 law of national regional autonomy provides for national minorities to, uh, who live in contiguous territory to enjoy the same kind of autonomy. So it's, you have this Tibet Autonomous Region, then you have the Qinghai Tibetan Autonomous Province, then you have the uh, Autonomous Counties and Prefectures. These are all named Tibetan in all the Tibetan areas. Right? But there's no real autonomy. autonomy. For China, the constitution of China is very nice. If you read the Chinese constitution, it's one of the best constitutions in this world. But Chinese constitution is like the elephant tusk. The real teeth is the Communist Party charter. That is what is being implemented. So every level you have a parallel of the administration and the Communist Party. Sikyong attended the ceremony for the Congressional Gold Medal Award to His Holiness the Dalai Lama. After the ceremony, Sikyong interacted with the Tibetan community of Amherst. Sikyong Pembatsiring visited the Tibetan community in Connecticut and also met with the members of the Tibet Fund Board at Garrison Institute. Sikyong Pembatsiring of the Central Tibetan Administration addressed the Tibetan community in and around D.C. on 18 October and addressed the Tibetan community of New York and New Jersey, one of the largest diaspora communities in the West, on Saturday last week. Sikyong appraised the gatherings on the 16th Kashak's vision paper, a guideline for key responsibilities of the Central Tibetan Administration with resolution of Tibet-China conflict, looking after the welfare of diaspora Tibetan community and enhancing the productivity of the exile administration. In Washington, D.C., Sikyong visited Capitol Hill and met with the U.S. leaders and advocated for the legislative bill the promoting a resolution to the Tibet-China Conflict Act. Sikyong held a meeting with representatives of the Tibetan Buddhist centers based across New York and New Jersey. The meeting focused on reinforcing the collective commitment to preserving Tibetan cultural heritage and Buddhist traditions and harmonizing efforts 
to fulfill the noble aspirations of His Holiness the Dalai Lama. At the meeting, Sigo introduced Kashak's plan to organize a grand celebration on His Holiness' 19th birthday to be held in 2025. Sigyong announced the decision to commemorate 2025 as the Year of Peace to celebrate the life and extensive legacy of the Tibetan spiritual leader. The first meeting of the Tibetan Buddhist Center's gathering saw around 30 representatives from different schools of Tibetan Buddhism across the New York and New Jersey. Sikyong also met with Chinese students and a group of Tibetans at the Taiwan Center discussing the Sino-Tibet conflict and emphasizing the CTA's commitment to a non-violent resolution rooted in the Middle Way approach espoused by His Holiness the Dalai Lama. On Thursday this week, the 5th Geneva Forum commenced focus on the theme Human Rights in Decline, Regions Under China. The inaugural ceremony of the two-day forum was virtually addressed by Arunas Velinskas, a member of the parliament Lithuania, Nicolas Walter, member of parliament Switzerland, and Kalu Nozidoma, Department of Information and International Relations. We consider the Geneva Forum to be a great platform and also a great opportunity for all of us to network, to deliberate, and also to collaborate and also to strategize on spotlighting on the critical human rights situation of um, different regions under the authoritarian and totalitarian regime and rule of the People's Republic of China. So Geneva Forum is happening against the backdrop of the United Nations Universal Periodic Review of China's human rights record for the past four years. And it is upon us who live in free countries of the world to speak up for them and to make every effort to right the wrongs and to hold the perpetrators accountable in order to make them or to transform them into a responsible global stakeholder. The Geneva Forum this year discussed and reviewed the rights record of China under thematic panels on human rights trends, silencing voices, China's assimilationist policy and crackdown on defenders, development on neo-colonization, and China's global footprints, surveillance and transnational repression. Human rights experts, practitioners, academicians, activists, governments, diplomats, think tanks, civil society groups, and members of the Europe VTech attended the forum. Most of the attendants are young Tibetan generations and the Tibetan supporters. So our concern is, in order to resolve the Sino-Tibetan conflict, it is uh, it is important for us to understand the real understanding of what's really happening inside China. So therefore, this is the moment where our youngsters and our supporters uh, will get a real understanding about the true nature of China's current situations, particularly on human rights issues. The Chinese government is being a threat to freedom and democracy for all, for all humanity. And also, not just the Tibetans and the Uyghurs and the other people's future is at stake, but the entire world's future is at stake. If we don't hold China accountable, if we don't work hard to educate people around us, educate the international community, and they hold the United Nations accountable to uphold its principles and hold China accountable, then it will be 
next generations who will pay the consequences uh, for our actions today. So it's extremely important. Geneva Forum was conceived in the backdrop of the third cycle of the Universal Periodic Review, UPR, of China. The first Geneva Forum was held on 2nd November 2018. The forum is being organized by the Department of Information and International Relations and the Tibet Bureau, Geneva. On Monday this week, the Tibetan Children's Village, Dharamshala, commemorated its 63rd founding anniversary, where the special guest officiating Sikyong, Kalu Tomagari, delivered CTA's congratulations to the school fraternity on the milestones. Officiating Sikyong lauded the school's administration and the faculty for making strides in delivering holistic education and nurturing the lives of many. Kalu expressed gratitude to the eldest sister of His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama, late Tsiring Doma and younger sister Kasur Jezimbema, led teachers and former staff for their significant contributions. Captain Kundaling Tasa Rinpoche presided as the chief guest along with special guest speaker Kembosunam Tempel of Tibetan Parliament in Exile, Officiating Sikyong Kalu Doma Gary and the heads of the respective CTA offices, NGOs and schools attended the anniversary. On Monday this week, the Japanese versions of the two reports titled Tibet, the Dalai Lama and the Geopolitics of Reincarnation and China's vast system of colonial boarding schools inside Tibet, co-produced by Tibet Action Institute, International Tibet Network and Tibet Justice Center were released at a press conference held at Shinjuku Bunga Center in Tokyo. The Japanese translation of the report was facilitated by Hirofumi Kemida of the Dream for Children and SFT Japan committee members. Representative Dr. Arya Tsawagebo of the Tibet House Japan addressed the conference where he spoke about the lack of credibility in China's historical narrative of Tibet and said that despite the Chinese occupation of Tibet for more than 70 years, China has not gained proper respect and legitimacy to rule Tibet because of the strong Tibetan religious and cultural identity and resilient power. The Tibet House and SFT Japan and Tibetan Community Japan jointly organized the press conference. On Monday this week, the core group for Tibetan Cause India and the India-Tibet Coordination Office jointly organized a meeting to enhance and foster improved coordination among Tibet support groups and to follow up on the action plan of the 7th All India-Tibet Support Groups Conference located in and around Nagpur, Maharashtra. This meeting saw participants from over 30 members representing organizations such as the India-Tibet Friendship Society, Bharat-Tibet Sayok Movement, National Campaign for Free Tibet Support, and Buddhist Society of India and individual Tibet supporters. A day-long awareness program on Tibet was held at Dikshabhumi, Nagpur, Maharashtra on the 67th Tamachakra Pravartan Divas. Tamachakra Parvartan Divas is observed annually to commemorate social reformer, visionary leader and architect of the Indian constitution, Dr. B. R. Ambadkar's conversion to Buddhism. A Tibet awareness program at Mahendra Junior Science College, Bela, Maharashtra, saw the participation of more than 250 students and teachers from the college. That is all the news for this week's edition of Tibet This Week. Thank you for watching Tibet TV.